ever seen. And one of them was like almost like a T-Rex thing, probably like 15 feet high. I mean, it's amazing. And then I look around and there's me and about 25 year olds. (laughs) Is it weird that I'm in here alone? I don't even, this is awesome. What's up, everybody? This is Sarah, your host of Talk to the Hand podcast, a podcast about the 90s, everything you love about the 90s, and more. What's up, everyone? I hope you're having a great week. This week, I have a very special, very important guest on. It is my brother-in-law, travel vlogger extraordinaire, and chef extraordinaire, Nick. Hey, Nick. How you doing? He's here with a very fun topic. So how you doing, Nick? I am doing fantastic. And I like how you added extraordinaire because I'm going to add that to my resume now. Yeah. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Like it's like in Mean Girls where he's, you know, badass MC. You'd be like badass chef extraordinaire. (laughs) What do you mean you're extraordinaire chef? Like, I don't even know what that means, but I love that word. Yeah, take it. It's all yours. Um, Okay. So Nick, uh, so who are you and why did you pick this topic? Well, my name is Nick. I am married to Sarah's sister, and I picked this topic specifically because I felt like building toys was kind of like a core thing of my childhood. And when I think about the 90s, I think about specifically Legos, and I had about 18 million pieces of them. Um, but then I think about like capital blocks, which I don't even know if people, if other people knew what that was, or if it was just me. And then I said that word and all of a sudden people were like, oh yeah, I know that. So apparently it was thinking Lincoln logs. I mean, how cool is that? Unfortunately, these days don't know anything about that, but I do. And we're here to tell you all about it. Yes, we are. So if you couldn't tell from the um, title of the episode or um, Nick's fabulous introduction, we are talking about Legos. The 90s collections of Legos were kind of seen by collectors and people and fanatics as like just the height of, of Legos, even though Legos has been around since like you know, the fifties. So actually earlier than that, we'll find out. So, okay. So, um, Nick also tell us where can we find you on social media? Uh, we'll also reiterate these at the end, but, uh, let us know where we can find you. What, what's, what's your, what's your hustle? My hustle. Well, I started as a chef and then my wife and I lived in New York city for about five years. And we got this great idea to save up some money and quit our jobs and travel the world. And as fabulous as that sounds, it was fabulous until the world ended, basically. Yeah. And we were kind of forced to come back home. And we're, we're glad we did because we got to come home and be near family. So it's not all bad, but also we're still reminiscing on our travel. We do a travel YouTube channel called Simps on the Go. Yes. Our last name is Simpson. It's kind of a play on words slash puns. So Simps on the Go. Uh, we do travel YouTube, Instagram at Sims on the go. You know, this is my wife's forte. So if I get any of these wrong, <laughs> well, I'll correct them at the end because clearly social media is not it my forte. good so far. You're good. <laughs> um, I'm sure we have Twitter. I'm not going to lie. I think we have Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah, mainly we just do travel YouTube and we're still producing content because we did have a lot of backed up content. We have produced some while being here. So if you're into travel and just like blogs in general, I suggest you check it out because 
We have a great time and we love doing it. Yes. And you guys are so good at it. It's so fun to watch their travels. They they don't just go to like, you know, the typical places that you think of that everyone goes on summer break and whatever. They go to really fun, interesting places where they really get immersed in the culture and the food and the music and art. Well, as you said in my intro, food is kind of my life. So yeah. I follow the food literally. So yeah. any place we go, I try and pick Basically, for every country we go to, we kind of do like a little mini series. And I always try and do one video on food because what better way to experience culture than through yeah, food? Totally, totally. Because food is what gathers people together. That's what brings you together. That's what creates connections with people. So it exactly. makes sense that you'd want to, you know, get that kind of insight and that kind of um, firsthand experience through the thing that brings everyone together. That's so cool. Absolutely. That's so cool. Food is passed down through generations. So you see... Oh, yeah just centuries of traditions through food. I mean, it's yeah. food is an amazing thing. Not only because I like to eat it, but also <laughs> stories it tells and recipes and yep. yeah. Totally. Well, there you go, everyone. So make sure you're following Simps on the go. We'll, re we'll remember to reiterate these at the end. Um, and the other thing about Nick is he is a quintessential 90s kid, too. Um, Nick is, you know, he, we all went to high school together. So um, so, yeah, Nick is, is very much 90s kids. And uh, Nick, you know, told me he wanted to do Legos. So I I thought this was kind of the perfect time of year too to do it because it's, um, you know, Christmas time and, and how many of us asked for Lego sets. Um, I mean, I didn't, but I know a lot of other people that did, <laughs> um, asked for Lego sets for Christmas. So one of those toys from Santa. Um, so before we get into the topic, I just want to make sure you're all following us on social media, TTTH pod on Twitter, talk to the hand pod on Instagram. Our website is talk to the And you can also email us at talk to the at gmail.com. I used a few sources, um, for this outline, but I'm actually, um, just in the interest of time, going to put them right into our show notes. So check those out. Um, there's good, uh, resources there for just looking at pictures. And we'll also share some pictures on our social media as well. So you can, um, see what we're talking about as well. All right. So let's, uh, let's talk about Legos. Um, so I'm calling this episode, the Legos, the legacy of Legos because good. yeah, yeah. Because it's the nineties was really, like I said, was, and like Nick, you could probably attest to the nineties was really Really seen as the heyday of Legos, like their top uh, series, their top um, sets and everything. The Lego group has released thousands of sets with themes like space and robots and pirates and trains and Vikings and the castle um, and dinosaurs. And there are other themes too that they started licensing later, like Star Wars, Harry Potter, Batman, Minecraft, Star Wars, Indiana Jones had the most success. It's kind of interesting that the Wikipedia page for the history of Legos, there's four distinct eras. Um, and then if you look at the 90s, that's where they kind of as a company started noticing a decline. But like I said, Gen Xers and their, um, you know, millennials see that as kind of the heyday. And that's when there was kind of a change in design direction. Like, what do you remember about the 90s, Legos in the 90s? I think what really got me into it was this was, wow, I feel old when I say this, but this was pre-internet. Yeah. In like late 90s, they had Lego competitions, which if you were to look up, it is insane what people can build. Yeah. And as I got a little bit older and started playing more, I thought I could do that too. And clearly I was not on that level, but 
it's just cool to see these little plastic things can literally create people would build cities that you could walk through. Yeah. Yeah. And it's insane. And yeah. I think that's kind of when Legos kind of went back up is because they saw what you could do with them. Yeah. And uh, I think part of the reason for the decline was it just seemed like a house toy. Okay. And a bunch of things you could step on. And then, <laughs> and then they show these competitions and they have like Legoland. Yeah. And it's like the Disney park of Legos. I mean, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. And we'll talk about Legoland too, in just a little bit, but you're right. Like, um, there was, it, it was just, a, a, there was a distinct different era when they started building like massive, massive art installations, basically, and like right. scale models and stuff. Um, that was totally a new way to appreciate. Um, and that was in the nineties too. You're right. That was in the late nineties when they started doing that. So, and then did you ever play the Lego pirates? Um, I probably did. I mean, I had like hundreds of sets which accumulated to a culmination of pieces that were boxes and boxes yeah i just remember every birthday christmas you name it i was like all i want is a, a lego set like something to build yeah. and then you build it and then it's kind of like okay now what then you <laughs> it, and then you try and rebuild it again without the instructions and you could never do it the same Oh, really? Uh, oh, man, I had just boxes of these pieces that you would never, ever use, but for a specific set. Huh. And my mom hated it because they were everywhere and she would step on them. Yeah. And I would get yelled at. Yeah. So she did not like Legos as much as I did. But all I wanted was Legos for any gift possible. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about when, um, so in the late nineties, that's when things like Tamagotchis and computer games and, you know, video games started getting really big. How did your relationship to these toys change in the late nineties when, when there was kind of the, like you said, this resurgence of more art based, um, Lego use versus actually using it as a toy. So the, in the nineties, another big thing was Nintendo 64, which should be its own oh, yeah. episode in itself. But I'm not going to lie. Even after video games, as much as I played N64, I still went back to Legos. Okay. I mean, even like I, I'm going to admit this on the air right now, uh, even in my teenage years in the two thousands, I was still playing with Legos. Yeah. I had just so many. It's like, it's hard to get, it's like one of those toys that you can't just throw away. Yeah. And I didn't want to give it to anyone because I'm selfish. <laughs> I wanted to play with my Legos until one day, one fateful day, my mom, I went and said, mom, where are my Legos? I actually want to play with those again. I was probably like 18 years old, way too old to be playing with Legos. <laughs> she said, oh, I gave those to my friend's son. I almost just left. I was like, mom, <laughs> how, could, how you? could you do that to me? <laughs> she was like, Nick, you're too old to be playing with Legos. And I was like, that's not for you to decide, mom. <laughs> That was a devastating blow, sadly, but also probably a realization that I should probably stop playing with Legos. So, you know, you know, like I've said many times, we ha just desire that comfort of being a kid and innocent in the 90s. Like we've seen, yeah. seen some stuff. I think it's fine to play with Legos. And Absolutely. Um, there's some diehard Lego fans um, and actually Legos group themselves called them AFALs, adult fans of Legos. So there are tons <laughs> of adults that actually, they actually have a name within their marketing department <laughs> that they can uh, um, advertise towards or market towards AFALs, adult fans of Legos. Um, that, and then, that would have been me, but yeah. my, mom, my mom gave away all my Legos. So um, thank you, mom. <laughs> 
Well, there's also um, a general consensus among AFALS uh, that 1997 was kind of when the Legos died um, because they became very juniorized and they didn't like it once the licensees um, or the licensed uh, sets came out. So like Star Wars, it started with Star Wars. Um, a lot of people thought that they get more juniorized. And I saw that word over and over and over again, juniorized, um, and that they were just so commercial and so expensive. And it was kind of like, yeah. So what, did you ever play those ones the with the licensed ones like Indiana Jones and things like that? Um, I did. I also got a lot of the, the car ones, like they would do like Jeep ones. Okay. Which, speaking of Jeeps, so I was at Costco the other day and I saw a Jeep Lego set. And the cost of Legos is insane. For one Jeep, I think it was like a $300 set. Oh my gosh. And now I look back and asking for Legos for every gift, I apologize. I probably bankrupted my mom for basically Legos. But it's insane how expensive those are. That's crazy. That's so crazy. Well, and some of the, I looked up some of the sets from the '90s, and they go on eBay for a couple hundred dollars. So it seems, sounds, yeah, it sounds like they're not even. It's not even like that much more expensive to get vintage, right? And the like, thing about the sets is like they have pieces that you can only use for that set. So if you okay. were to try and be creative and use your all your Lego pieces, you couldn't really use some of those pieces. So the sets were were great for if you were to build it and put it on display, okay. which I may or may not have did as a kid. <laughs> but, but once you build it, then you're kind of done with it, you know, yeah. and then you need another one. So it's, it's genius of Legos to do the sets because you don't want to break it once you build it. Yeah. So you keep buying more. Yeah. You just add on to it. <laughs> which is unfortunate for the parents who had to pay for it. So <laughs> um, did you ever get the Legos catalogs? Did you, oh. do you remember that those? I did. And I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up because <laughs> that's how hardcore I was. Because you could literally, you could buy individual pieces through the catalog. Like individual pieces. Yeah. From the sets? So they have like sets and then they, you'd be like sections. Like if you wanted to buy individual Lego pieces to like have customized sets, they actually had competitions. I think soon, like not that long ago, where you basically create your own set and whoever won the best set would get their set commercialized. Oh, and you wow, that's it. super cool. Yeah. I mean, it's creative, but also they're just somehow they just find ways to take all your money. Yeah. Which I'm not mad about. <laughs> um, do they? So I read that the Lego um, catalogs in the 90s had little Easter eggs in them. Do you remember those at all? I do not, actually. What kind yeah. of Easter egg are you talking about? I don't know. Like, apparently they just had little like Easter egg story pieces in them. I don't know. So I'm pulling them mm -hmm. up. I'll, I'll post these on our Instagram, everyone. But Nick and I are looking at some of the system, the, the catalog pages now. And apparently they're supposed to have. Some, I don't know. I had the whole city. The fire, the police, I had the helicopter at the cars. I had the gas stations, the, yeah. Okay. Well, so that whole city. So I wanted to go over some notable collections that I found when I was doing my research that a lot of people point to as like to quintessential 90s Legos collections and just jump in here if you have any fun memories or stories about them. Okay. So Lego Castle. Did you have the castle? I dreamt of having the castle <laughs> that was number one 
That was the one thing. Well, I'm sure it was probably a thousand dollars at least. Oh, you think so? Oh, wow. Um, sure. So the castle had uh, some of the notable sets for the castle were the Forestmen, Black Knights, Wolfpack Renegades, Dragon Masters, Royal Knights, Dark Forest, and to me, the one I thought was the coolest was the Fright Knights. Um, but the Forestman was like the big one. That's these little guys that look like Robin Hood. <laughs> um, the Black Knights were literally like they're ready to go to battle. They're ready to go to battle. Yeah, they're they're like the badass ones. Um, Dark Forest was, again, more kind of this like King Arthur looking <laughs> looking ones. There's a there's a little like, I don't know, prison here or something, jail cell. Um, this one still has more of like a Robin Hood type of a theme. <laughs> yeah, and the car looks like Monty Python. Yeah, it does look very Monty Python. That's such a wow, good reference. Totally. And then Fright Nights, which I thought was the coolest one. It has like the dragon. There's like, yeah, that one's so cool. The castle is so cool. Okay, and then we have Fort Legorito. Did you have this one? That was another one I dreamt of having. And that was the Wild so West. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But then Lego got smart, and after they'd sell these, they would sell like almost like extension packs, so you could buy like another part of the town or like another carriage thing to add to it. So this one has six cavalry units and a small team of bandits that play fight against each other. It's a Wild West um, setting, and there are multiple buildings for your team to capture before ending in a shootout. That one, I don't think would get made today. <laughs> I no. think there's a lot of things about that that are problematic, like <laughs> in 2020. Okay, cool. So then the another one was Amazon Ancient Ruins, and this one's kind of, this one's jungly. Never even heard of that one. Really? These look like, oh my God, look at those. I want that now. <laughs> ah, yeah, I know. Doesn't that look super rad? This yeah. one looks almost like, but this guy looks a little bit like Indiana Jones. I don't know. Yeah. This is kind of like an Indiana Jones and the Amazon type of a vibe. I think that's what they're going for. I see the little guy in the in the car right there. He's like the getaway driver. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. When you come back, Indiana, I'm here. <laughs> We also have this. I know. I remember these types. Okay. The oh, McDonald's yeah. drive-thru set. Did you have that one? I did not have the McDonald's ones. I had a lot of the different gas stations ones that you could get, but I never had McDonald's. But I definitely do the, the McDonald's. I remember them. Yeah. Well, who's that car? And look, like he has a hundred dollar bill. The, yeah. This set even comes with a hundred dollar bill. Like <laughs> in the nineties, a hundred dollars get you so much McDonald's. Exactly. You can get probably a hundred cheeseburgers. Yeah. This is like a nineties kid's dream right here. You know, it's funny, like, that actually looks like the McDonald's tables in the nineties. I know it does. It really does. And like the drive through. Yeah. It's all very on brand. <laughs> so another big one was the Metro PD station. No, I did have that one. The oh, police, and like the fire stuff. I had all of it. Okay. I don't know I was, the police, I had like special forces helicopters. Yeah, I remember the helicopters. The police station. Yeah. Man, that's my Legos back. I'm going to find that kid who ever took my Legos. <laughs> and then we have the Imperial flagship. This was the first Pirates one. So this was the OG Pirates and it had cannons, hoisted sails, even treasure to discover. Did you have this one? I begged for that one specifically and I never got <laughs> So the Imperial flagship, we also had the Galactic Mediator and Space Police. That was a big one. Uh, that was the Space I had all the Galactic stuff. I got it. My grandfather got it for me for Christmas one year and it was so big that in the middle it wouldn't hold up. It would just break in half. Oh. <laughs> and I made my mom 
helped me build it because I couldn't figure it out because it was probably 2,000 pieces. Yeah. Wow. Same build. And I couldn't figure it out. My mom and I started crying and my mom helped me out. And then we got to the end and we built it and it couldn't even stay together in the middle because it was so big. <laughs> that was one of the rocket ships. It was um, it was like a galactic. Yeah, it was almost like starship from um, Star Trek. OK, OK. And then I got I finished it finally. And uh, my mom's like, now what? <laughs> You're like, now we yeah, get the exactly. next one. Now you got to move to the next one. And that's how Lego gets you. Exactly. <laughs> And then we had Ice Planet 2002 released in 1993. Did you have Ice Planet? Any Ice Planet. I actually never even heard of that one. Yeah, that was a big one. That's one that a lot of uh, collectors talk about is Ice Planet 2002. Um, That was a kind of spacey one, too. Um, But yeah, that one, that one was one of those galactic ones. Uh, The later 90s, it sounds like had a lot um, more gimmick, increased the focus on things like play figures and like magnets and things like that and less on like just building things. Yeah, that's when Lego started to go downhill. Then we have the Star Wars. And like we said, um, by 1999, Lego released the first ever licensed sets to tie in with the launch of Star Wars prequels. The Lego Star Wars was super successful and spawned other tie-ins like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, SpongeBob SquarePants, and Angry Birds. So you think that's kind of when it went downhill then, Nick? Yeah, actually, now that you're bringing these stars... Star Wars, another uh, hit to my gut here. My neighbor, actually, was a close friend of mine, got the X-Fighter. Did you get to at least play with it? Yeah. He was like, I don't want you to break it. I'm like, I'll tell you how to build it. I'm an expert. <laughs> like, would you want to keep it if you built it? Or were you, were you fine just passing it? Was it just the act of building it that was fun for you? Or was it having the finished I product? It depends on... There was a specific helicopter I had. It was this massive, like a rescue helicopter. And it was awesome. I mean, it was probably one of my favorite sets. I don't remember. It might've been the galactic one, uh, but that one I actually kept together. But the rest of them, I just broke them down and just would build new things. Every time I tried okay. to build my own like ship or something, it looked terrible. So I would not have been the kid <laughs> to uh, win a competition for a set. Okay. So you're more like the paint by numbers rather than the expressive yes, um, expressionist type. I'm not an artist, <laughs> I guess, is the best way to put that. I think these are, I, you know, like I said, I didn't ever play with these, but I knew a lot of people that did. And I remember going over to other people's houses that had these and, you know, I, I got to respect them. They're just... There's, they really, it's really make you use your brain as a kid. This is really about spatial awareness, about planning and attention to detail. Like these, these are really, it's a really interesting game and toy for, it seems like for child, like mind development. Absolutely. And and you're, it's either you're a Lego person or you're not. And there's no like, nah, you play with Legos. It's like, no, you're a dedicated, hardcore Lego person. Or you're like, nah, I'm a Barbie guy. (laughs) <laughs> what do you think um what do you think that that like that love for legos and that that you know admiration for the process of collecting them and building them what do you how do you think that serves you today um i think it kind of helped me want to finish a project so i have a hard time starting a project not finishing it and starting something else and like there are people that can have 10 projects unfinished and they just kind of work in a little bit on each one i'm the kind of person i need to finish a project or whatever I'm working on before I can move on to the next one. Cause if I don't finish okay. the first one then I'm going to keep thinking about the previous one. And I think that all kind of stemmed from Legos, which is kind of crazy. Okay. 
because Legos is just a toy. Yeah. Well, I wonder too, what do you think? Um, so, so you personally, it helps you kind of do some project management or things like that. What do you think it's done for the kids that grew up playing it that are now in our generation that are now in our thirties and, you know, forties, early forties. Um, what do you think the kids that grew up playing these and collecting these like you did, how they benefit from it now as a collective? I think that Legos kind of helped you be creative. Even if you couldn't build the set off the top of your head, it allowed you to build something that was creative. And I think that that's kind of an absent thing from Gen Z or these younger kids now, because now they have iPads and man, I feel really old when I say this, but they just have like all this technology and they didn't grow up, you know, watching cartoons that have commercial breaks and playing with toys and like building things and like going outside and getting dirty. And I think that, yeah, in the nineties, they just had all these things that kind of helped you shape be, I don't know, a little more responsible. I think it's, it really, um, at least from my perspective, it was just a, it was a way to kind of train your brain to think in terms of steps, in terms of like, you have to have this foundation first before you have this. And it seems like also too the, how you're saying you like to follow like, like not the paint by numbers, but, but it seems like having those pieces together and then putting them together in, um, you know, a, a rocket ship or whatever is a lot like how you put like a recipe together. It's like any kind of art, almost you, you put your heart and soul into it and you have this big outcome. I don't know. That's just there's something mind. about the process of, kind of building it on your own and then getting to the point where you're done and that's an accomplishment. Yeah. It just makes yeah. you feel better about, even if you get to the end and you finish it and you rip it apart because you want to do it again, it's just like you feel more accomplished because you did that. You built it, you created it. And it's just something that it's being lost today. Yeah, Legos, like if you ever hear this, sponsor me, I will build. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, that's kind of like, you know, is that kind of like the feeling we get nowadays is a much dumbed down version of it. But when we finish a series on Netflix, <laughs> that sense of accomplishment. Yeah, hey, John, that's 2020 in a nutshell. 2020. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's so cool. Okay. So, well, um, so let's talk about Legoland a little bit. Um, so Legoland was a chain of family theme parks. It's not owned by the Lego group, but rather the British theme park company Merlin Entertainment. The first was in Denmark and there's one in England, Germany, Japan, Malaysia, Dubai, California, and Florida. And it is also under construction in New York, South Korea, Shanghai, Sichuan, and Gardaland. Um, but I'm not sure if that's still the case because that was, you know, this 2020, I think that kind of throws everything off in terms of mass gathering areas and things like that. Um, the parks are marketed to families with young kids. There's lots of roller coasters. They're not super extreme. Um, there's a little Lego mini land, a model village with landmarks and scenes from around the world. Um, there's an educational component, like you could build dams and learn how water flow channels are made, you know, music instruments. Um, there's like a driving area. And all the rides are Lego themed and appear as though they were built out of Lego bricks, usually along a particular line of Lego. So did you ever go to Legoland? Sad to say, I never went to Legoland. My mom actually told me not that long ago that she always wanted to take me to the Legoland in Southern California. 
but we just never got around to it. Um, but when I lived in New York, I actually went to the, there's a Lego store. I don't know if it's the same thing that you just brought up, but it's just, I mean, it's almost like a Lego museum. It's the cool really? thing. I saw one of the coolest things I saw in New York, which is kind of sad to say. And I went in there and I was like, man, I just want to go in the Lego store. And Sam wouldn't go with me. because That's a little embarrassing. <laughs> and they had these, the coolest Lego statues that you've ever seen. And one of them was like almost like a T-Rex thing, probably like 15 feet high. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. And then I look around and there's me and about 25 year olds. <laughs> is it weird that I'm in here alone? I don't even, this is awesome. That's so funny. Oh, I love it. I, I remember Sam when you guys, isn't that the one in, is that on Times Square? It's, um, kind of near Times Square. Yeah. I remember when you guys first moved there and Sam texting me going, Oh my God, Nick is in the Lego store and I can't get him out. <laughs> <laughs> it all makes sense now. Now you chose Legos for your topic. Like that all makes sense. Mind-blowing just to see like what people can do with these little toys. I mean, and in yeah. that store, you could buy the little individual pieces and I'll, that's okay, okay yeah but now i don't know because of inflation but it i can't afford legos so <laughs> one day yeah. when i hit the lottery i'm gonna have a lego museum of for myself perfect i love it that's one day. incredible one day. Um, a lifelong dream that i should probably let go of <laughs> You know what? It's 2020. Like we said, anything can happen. Exactly. Like Eric and I built a tiki bar in here. You could build a little uh, Lego Hall of Fame museum in your place. I don't think my wife would allow that. Not. I don't think many <laughs> wives would allow that. Actually. I love it. Okay, so uh, so the Lego Sea of Legos. Um, the Lego Movie came out in 2014, and it's an animated film based on the construction line of Lego toys about a ordinary Lego figure figurine, mini figurine, who finds himself helping a resistance movement to stop a tyrannical businessman from gluing everything in the Lego world into his vision of perfection. Which is to me, that was four years ago, and that's very. <laughs> A little too real right now. A little too real. It's like a Black Mirror episode, but with bright colors and plastic figurines. <laughs> so that one stars Chris Pratt, Will Ferrell, Elizabeth Banks, Will Arnett, Nick Offerman, et cetera. Oh, Liam yeah. Neeson and Morgan Freeman. Did you ever see that I movie? I did. And I'm not embarrassed think? to say that I watched a Lego movie as an adult. Well, I think <laughs> I'm almost an adult, but otherwise <laughs> it had that many big actors in it. I mean, that's yeah for a kid movie but i feel like as a kid you might not see or hear the nuances of like adult humor it's like when you watch cartoons as an adult that you watch as a kid and and you like hear things are like i would have never gotten as a kid and that's probably not something that they should put in a cartoon but they did and and as when i watched the lego movie it just seemed like it was made for adults and it got a 96 percent on rotten tomatoes and it grossed $468.1 $468.1 million internationally. Um, and, came, you know, video games came out. So it was a big deal. That was a big, um, that was a, a big movie six years ago. I remember it. I, I, I think I saw it once, but. I mean, how many movies can do that that are based off of a toy? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I read a really cool um, Washington Post article from January this year about how the um, Lego group is now kind of zeroing in on stressed out and burnt out millennials. Um, so there's new kits that include like Central Perk from Friends, 
Um, there's like a 1989 Batmobile with just focused on nostalgia for us, the burnout generation. They also created these lines that are targeted to adults who want to occupy their hands, but keep their minds loosely engaged. Um, so people with burnout are using Legos to disconnect from kind of the mania of the day. They're looking for kind of this relaxing, calming experience. Um, and then the instructions kind of help them be in the zone. And they actually just released a line of koi fish and shark models with soothing movements for mindfulness and reducing stress, which I thought was really interesting. Would you do something like that? Absolutely. I want to go back to this burnt out millennials. I mean, who What's named that? us that? That's it's true. I just read I just read a book actually for a book club um, called on the book was um, called Can't Even How the Millennials Became the Burnout Generation. And it kind of relates to this directly where millennials, you know, we just we work and we hustle and we you know, we're always on and it's hard to disconnect. And so Legos now knowing that so many 90s kids like like you and I, uh, well, especially like you, I mean, I, I didn't play with them back then, but I would definitely get a little koi fish Lego set that had like soothing movements because, um, you know, now they're marketing that nostalgia rather than just packaging it up in a way that monetizes and capitalizes on nostalgia. They're actually actively trying to help people with burnout. And so, so the people that they know have nostalgia for Legos, they're using that kind of that power of, oh, they have nostalgia. And they're also the burnout generation. They, they're working like 60, 70, 80 hours a week, getting paid fractions of what their parents' generations that they were promised they would get. Um, you know, it's, it's just kind of a soothing self-care thing that legos is doing i thought that was really interesting i mean that's amazing because if you think well you didn't play with legos but when you build something with legos you're so focused on building that and you're right there for the moment um it's hard to think about other things because you need to focus on where the pieces go and if you put the piece in the wrong place later on in the build they could potentially ruin everything so it kind of it's almost like an escape because if you think about yeah everything today, it's hard to focus on one thing because there's a million other things that you could be focusing on. Um, for yeah. me, I didn't realize this when I was a kid, but now that I look back, it's just a way to like be in the moment and do what you're doing. You don't yeah. have to be present. with anything else. So, yeah. Well, awesome. if you're, yeah. And like you said, if you're following the, um, the instructions, you can really kind of just be present. It's almost like a meditation. You know, if you're not doing it to be creative and build your own thing, it's really repetitive. It's, you know, you're using your mind at like just the right amount of bandwidth mm -hmm. that you can kind of just recharge everything cool. else. And also if yeah. you, it's like when you kind of get into a mode where you're just kind of like doing something, you're not thinking about anything else. You're just kind of just going through the motions and you're building and your, your brain's just kind of there. Um, it's kind of hard to find that you're kind of like in the groove or like in the moment where you're just yeah. focused on that for a long period of time. Cause now you know, five seconds is like the average attention span and it's yeah. Like yeah, totally. So interesting. So I thought that was really cool that they are now reaching out to millennials that way. Um, it's very, it kind of feels like a little, a little, we see you, we know, we know that you grew up playing and we know that life is tough right now. Hey, so. It's nice to know that people care about us. Yeah, I know. Right. I know. <laughs>
Uh, so I just wanted to share a few trivia pieces and random facts about that I thought were really interesting. Um, in May 2011, the space shuttle Endeavor brought 13 Lego kits to the International Space Station, and the astronauts built models to see how they would react in microgravity as part of the Lego Bricks and Space program. That is so awesome. Could you imagine being those people that got to play with Legos well, in space? Not only are you in space, but you get to play with Legos in space. That is my ultimate dream. <laughs> and then, uh, so the largest model ever created was in New York City, like you said, and it was made of more than 5 million bricks. It was a one-to-one -one scale model of an X-wing fighter. Wow. How long do you think I, that took? More about how many people that took. <laughs> 5 million bricks. I, mean, I can't even fathom how many pieces that is. That's because I want to say I probably had 10,000 and I had boxes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's cool. So I know one to one scale X Wing fighter. I wonder where, and that was in New York City. Where in New York City has enough space for a one to one well, scale? The Lego store, I'm sure that real estate is worth a lot of money. Cause if you know New York City, yeah. it's in an area called Nomad, which is kind of like a historic building, but it's just a very expensive area. And it's actually a massive store. And there's like nothing in there except yeah. for like, maybe six uh, Lego statues and like a wall of, it's like the M&M store. You can buy like individual m and Yeah, that's so cool. And there are 132 Lego stores. Um, before COVID, when each store would open, there'd be like a huge weekend long event where like a master model builder would um, actually get volunteers, mostly kids, to help build a very large statue for the, you know, in honor of the grand opening that they would leave up for several weeks. So that's a kind of a cool tradition. Um, yeah, and then, killing it. yeah, I know. And then Lego also, this is also something that I thought was really interesting. I didn't know Lego was such like a self-care mental health kind of a thing. Um, but they also started a consulting branch um, of their company called Lego Serious Play, which is a business consulting group that helps foster creative thinking by having participants work through imaginary scenarios using Lego constructions. So they go into companies and businesses and help them um, do these like they consult and do these kind of programs. They put these like curate these little programs for how to get their employees, um, you know, engaged in creative thinking, thinking. So I thought that was really yeah, that, cool. That's like a, a corporate retreat, but in the office. Yeah. Playing yeah. with Legos. <laughs> so now I know what you guys are going to do when you guys become <laughs> big, you know, you have your corporate retreats for Simpson on the go. So. Lego holiday that the whole office one day shuts down. Everyone is forced to play with Legos. Yeah, totally. I love it. I love it. So that's Legos. Legos like are amazing. But the one thing that we did not touch on is if you leave them on the floor, it's like walking on nails. And there are a lot of tiny Lego pieces. And I've heard my mom scream more than once because she stepped on so many Legos. Because they're really tiny and small ch children can eat them and whatnot. But other than that... It, Legos are just an amazing thing. I think it's a brilliant company. I think we should start promoting Legos more. I think Legos yeah. prices so more people could play with Lego. That's true. That's a very, very good point. I mean, I the cost is prohibitive. When I saw that Lego set at Costco, I mean, I, as much as I wanted it and that price tag, I mean, you know, almost yeah. joy can $300 get you because like I said, a lot of those sets have specific pieces to that set that you can't really use yeah. in building your own thing. 
I get it. I get it. That is a very cost prohibitive thing. I think that's one area that they definitely could um, improve on is coming out with some more um, affordable, affordable options because it is such a nostalgic thing and not every millennial has that kind of money. So I think that's an important part. Legos, if you're listening, please come out with affordable lines for us. We just want to come on, have mercy on us. It's 2020. Millennials just want to Well, that's it. Nick, do you have any last parting thoughts you want to share with um, with our 90s kids and our 90s kids at heart about Legos? I just want to say if you've never played with Legos, just try it out. Just so it out. soothing and nice. And if you like Legos, get back into it. Yeah. Now I'm going to go buy a set that I can afford. Yes. my whole collection all I, over again. I applaud that. I applaud that. As a kid, you know, cool. YOLO. YOLO. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Nick. Where can everyone find you? What are you working on? What's, what's, how, how can we keep in touch? How can our 90s kids t- keep in touch? Well, definitely follow us on Instagram. Uh, my wife does live stories probably on every aspect of our life, including our dog. That's probably consumed of 99% of our Instagram at the moment. Um, definitely on YouTube. We are still posting YouTube videos. Yeah. And you guys also have a Patreon too. We do have Patreon, patreon.com slash Sims on the go. Again, I think we have Twitter. I'm pretty sure we do. Um, it's at Sims on the go, like everything else. Um, but yeah, check us out. If you're interested, cool. Keep following. Cause we like making content. We love showing people where we go, what we do or not really actors like most vloggers we keep it as real as possible obviously it's edited but we just try and be ourselves i mean i may do things that are dumb and you know what but that's just kind of who i am and i like to show people who we that were real people on the camera so again that was sims on the go make sure you check out their youtube subscribe follow along all those good all that good stuff um and make sure you're following us on social media as well tttth pod on twitter talk to the hand pod on instagram you can go to our website at talk to the or you can email me at talk to the at gmail.com and um thanks so much for joining us nick we so appreciate having Thank you. you for having me it was a pleasure to be here and talk about something and I felt like I thought I was an expert until all those questions. Yeah, and we'll definitely have you back. We have another uh, topic lined up for Nick, and that one also is a very fun one that'll be sometime um, early next year. And um, yeah, so thank you so much, Nick. Thank you for having me. And thank you, everyone. Um, Please remember to socially distance, wear a mask, be safe, be a good human. And until then, be excellent to each other. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week.